Well, as I said, we're um, going to unwrap the names of Jesus. And um, as you can see, there's some of them already up here. It's a pretty good uh, display. And, uh, but that's not all of the names of Jesus, the names that uh, his father gave him. We're going to unpack the one Messiah today. But if you look very carefully into the scriptures, you'll see so many more. And they all have a purpose. They all have a purpose to define what Jesus has come to do and what he is still doing and what he will ultimately do. And that's the important thing, that we just don't focus on one thing, but the whole picture of Jesus. And as we do, you know, even to this, in our years these days, uh, Christmas cards are a thing of the past. Um, what do they call them? E-cards or something? They're those really strange things that you can put on your computer and send them all over the place. And But we've got to be careful. We're looking at the names of Jesus and we, want to, don't want to, we don't want to make sure that we downgrade the name of Jesus. We want to make sure that we always have the true picture of what Christmas is all about. And when you click on a, an e-card or you grab one off the shelf, what do you look for? Do you look for something that just says, Merry Christmas, and a reindeer with a red nose? Or do you look for something more meaningful, more appropriate, something with a Christian message? And that's the challenge for us, that we don't get wrapped up in the things of the world. And that's as we look at the word Messiah, the name of Jesus given to him by his heavenly Father. And it's a very important part of the Christian message because it tells us a lot about Jesus. When you look into the Bible, you see that as God gave names to people, he gave them to mean something. There was a meaning behind them. And some of them we, we know, some of them we just don't, well, didn't realise that. But some of the examples, Abraham is called the father of nations, quite obviously. Isaiah, sorry, Isaac, wrong one, is one, the one who laughs. And uh, I've got a grandson called Isaac, and I know he does. He's got a very wicked sense of humour. He laughs. John's name means graced by God. As we've been saying this morning, Moses is to pull out, to pull out of water, which is what happened to him. Mary is sometimes to mean bitter. A bit strange when she's the mother of Jesus, but for a purpose. David is beloved and cherished. What does your name mean? It's got a meaning. Mine, apparently, is um, from the Grey Fort, Leslie, and I don't own a Grey Fort. Maybe someone's really wealthy and they're going to leave me a Grey Fort somewhere, but not yet. Other times, though, your name goes before you and it's a wonderful thing. I've talked to many school teachers over the years and they get their list of students at the beginning of the year to say who's going to be in their class. They look down the list of Christian names 
and they look at one and think, oh no, not again. The name has come round before and that child has been totally uncontrollable or whatever and they've got another one and they fear. Names carry with it a meaning. Names carry with it a message. But the most important thing about your name and my name is it's written in a book. Your name and my name as believers, as children of our Heavenly Father, is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name is special because you are blessed by God. Your name is known by King Jesus. Remember, as he um, calls his sheep, he calls you by name. How personal, how caring and how loving is that. He knows your name. But we come back to the scriptures. God gave people their names, their special names, telling a lot about that particular person and the purpose that they would be used for by God. So, Messiah. Hang on. Sort of got hidden under the seat, the wrong place for it. Messiah, it means the anointed one in Hebrew. In our New Testament reading, the word Messiah was used. Some translations don't use the word Messiah in the New Testament passage from Luke. They use the word Christ. And it means exactly the same thing in the Greek. The anointed one. The one anointed by God his only beloved son, our blessed redeemer. So Messiah, Christ, drives home to us this message of Christmas, a message that is there for every single day of the year. Messiah anointed by Almighty God, not just a little baby born in a manger, but the chosen one of God to come and set us free. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, he's given another name. Remember, the angel said to him, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The Messiah, the Christ, is anointed by God for this purpose. Chosen, put in place. He is king. And his kingdom will never end. The Old Testament passage that was read to us. It talks about Nathan going to David and telling him what is going to happen. That he's going to die but he will have peace and security and his son will be named as king. David had been anointed by God, chosen by God for that purpose to rule over his people. The anointing of God is that sign of that authority that that person has. 
But as David's son, Solomon is anointed as king, we see there is a problem. The passage tells us that the son will be... uh, He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. But then the verse goes on. This is Solomon. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him as as I took it away from Saul whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before men and your throne will be established forever. Solomon was an imperfect king. He was a sinner. But he was still set in place by God for God's specific purpose. God promises King David that he will raise up his offspring to succeed him. And his house, his kingdom, will endure forever. Your throne will be established forever. Now it's to David's son, but this passage points forward many, many years. It points forward to the future king. Because look at how the genealogy of Jesus fitted together. Joseph was of the line of David, flowing down to Jesus. The future king, King Jesus, would be the one whose kingdom would be established forever. Solomon was imperfect. Jesus, King Jesus, the anointed one of God, is perfect. His kingdom is perfect. So this promise is applied directly to Christ as the anointed one, the son of our heavenly father. God declares Christ as the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who would rule over the kingdom, the one with whom God would truly be pleased. The best biblical proof of Jesus being the Messiah, Christ, is in the New Testament. And it comes from the words of Jesus himself. We are truly um, blessed by the conversations that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well. You all know that story. She asked him, where am I going to get the water from? It's too deep to draw from. All these things. And at the end of that interaction between them, the woman says to Jesus, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. He is the anointed one. 
He is the one set in place by God to be king. The anointed one who steps into the world, just born as a baby, but as the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed King Jesus. And that's what we get from that passage in Luke 2. We've read it so many times. And it still has that beautiful message. Powerful truth. Luke 2.11 Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, or Messiah, the Lord, the anointed one, the one set apart. Chosen by God to be king over his kingdom forever. The one who now sits at the very throne of heaven. Messiah, Christ, a very special name given to our Lord Jesus. Very special. Because it drives home to us who he is and what he has done, and what he will do. And that's why, and I hope you get annoyed as well, is when you hear people using the name of Christ as a swear word. Blasphemy. They just mouth it off as though it is just rolling off their tongue like any other swear word. And so often they put Jesus there as well. How do you react? Do you ignore it? Most of us do. But they, what are they doing? They are degrading the name of Christ. They are pulling down the name of Jesus because they don't understand who he is and what he has done. Love to tell the story. Many years ago, um, we had a friend who was a Bricky's labourer, he could do all the hard work. The Bricky's just put the bricks on the, on the wall. He had to supply everything else for them to do the work. And his, his bosses were two Christian guys. And he would, they would be on work sites, building sites, and Mick would hear people blaspheme the name of Jesus or Christ. And he would turn around to them straight away and say, Do you know my friend Jesus? Can you imagine the reaction? But that's how he fronted them. Do you know my friend Christ? Let me, let's talk about him. You know him so well. He uses his name all the time. Let's talk about him. And so Mick did. And they couldn't get away because they were on smoker. They didn't want to go back to work yet. How do you react though? Do you just let it go? Because people are degrading our saviour, our king, our glorious king. He is Christ the Lord, the anointed one, the Messiah of God, God himself. Christmas and every other day of the year is special as you and I, we remember what God has done. Don't lose sight of it. Don't lose sight of all the blessings that God has showered upon us 
as he establishes his kingdom through his son. Messiah, Christ, they only refer to Jesus, the one who fulfills the promises of God. He is anointed, he is set apart, prophet, priest and king. He is Lord. And what Pilate said to him at the crucifixion? What did he ask Jesus? He asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Even Pilate was not sure. But Jesus is more than just the king of the Jews. He is the king of all of his people. The wise men. They didn't bring gifts to a baby. They brought gifts to a king. What's a baby going to do with gold and frankincense and myrrh? They are gifts for a king. So even these wise men knew they were looking for the king. This is the good news of Christmas and for the whole of the year. And that passage that was read for us from Luke 2. Do you know a little bit of Greek? I'd, I'd missed this one completely over many years and then I stumbled across it the other day and went, oh, that makes sense. In verse 10 it says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. When I use the word, the good news, the Greek is actually evangelize or evangel. How good's that? Evangelism at the birth of Jesus. The good news, the Saviour has come. King Jesus, Christ the Lord, the anointed one, the one set apart by his heavenly Father, not for his benefit, but for ours. Those lost in sin, who God knows by name and he wants to call into his kingdom. The long-awaited Messiah, promised through the prophets, come bringing salvation, Come to establish his kingdom. And you, as God's children, myself, we are already part of that kingdom. He reigns over us as king, but not stuck off in a far-off place or a distant place, because he knows you. He knows your name, and he will never forget it. That's how personal our king, the anointed one of God, really is. Every one of his children is special to him. Isn't that exciting? How good is that? It is the good news. The saviour has come. King Jesus has established his kingdom. What did he say? 
I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Not in some dingy stable, but in glory, in the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. That's the start of Christmas. The Messiah, Christ, God at work. It is good news. It is worthwhile us evangelising, sharing that good news of the Saviour, of King Jesus. Do you know King Jesus? Of course you do. Will you stand up for him and defend his name? Will you make sure that people know that you are one of God's children? Use Christmas especially to drive that message home, that you enjoy that one-on-one relationship that you have with our Saviour, with the King. Think about old Charlie. He doesn't know your name. Wouldn't have a clue. But there's more people in the kingdom of heaven and there will be still more people in the kingdom of heaven. And King Jesus knows your name. You are special to him. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is our King Jesus. The words of Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That's where our Messiah is. That's where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God on his throne. King Jesus, the Messiah, the chosen one of God, his own son. Enjoy that relationship you have with King Jesus. Enjoy it. And as you walk with Christ, enjoy the journey because he knows you and he's got a place for you. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be exciting if other people could also hear that message? You know that Christmas carnival, a great opportunity to share the good news of Christmas, a great opportunity to evangelise and tell the truth about our blessed Redeemer, King Jesus, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you have shown us, even in these words, 
your precious gift of your Son, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, the one who came as a baby, the reason for our celebrations of Christmas. But he came as king, and even there at his birth, recognised as king, the one anointed by you for your purpose, to bring salvation and redemption into the world. So as you refresh our hearts in these words, gracious God, challenge us. Challenge each one of us to share the hope that we have in King Jesus. Challenge each one of us to acknowledge our Saviour, our King, the one in whom our hope is eternal. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.